even one particular night, I can picture even what I was wearing and just feeling the world is just closing in on you. This is, you're not going anywhere. You didn't go to college. All I wanted to be in life was a BBC cameraman or I wanted to write for The Guardian. This is Social Fabric, conversations with people about their passion and their contribution to the community. For more information, go to socialfabric.ie. Between heaven and hell Said one was above, one was below the ground Who's gonna follow me down? No, I have to tell you, there is no swearing in this room <gasps> <laughs> Otherwise I'll have to keep yeah, You'd have a lot of cutting to do <laughs> I'll have to, okay, so the, 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 this one goes out um, as a podcast But it also goes out here on Near FM Every Monday at 4.30 Okay so that you know, so there's no swearing, but uh, all right, Barry Cron, it's great to see you again. Yeah, it's great. It's been a long time. I don't know, twenty too years. long. Twenty years or more. I keep, I keep thinking in my mind it's ten years. No, it's at least uh, fifteen, if not more. It's twenty. Is it twenty? Yeah, I went to Japan in '96. Wow. Okay, and I think 20. I started. I can't. I've no. I've no. I don't have a good memory of years or dates a terrible memory for that so I can't remember I can't even remember when I started an ITP it must have been 93 yeah, or something like that I'd say something like yeah. that like you know yeah. well it's good to have you here Barry Cronin um, you're no longer in IT and you haven't been in IT for a long time no no that's great you actually just came I got out alive you got out alive you just came from a job am I right I did yeah was yeah. that a corporate job yeah video video and photography and tell me what, what's that all about how do you what, I don't need to know what company it was but uh, how do you prepare for it what do you do uh, I just I have my gear in the f- in the front porch uh, ready to go my ready to go kit usually try and get it ready the night before I uh, didn't have a whole lot of time last night now I was doing an arts council gig in the gate theatre the poet laureate Sebastian Barry was given a lecture. Brilliant job mm. to get. Met my old history teacher there, oh, which yes. surprised me. Yes. But um, uh, I don't really prepare a lot of stuff, Andrea, to be honest. Uh, I'm not a preparation kind of guy. Uh, if someone asks me to do a job, if I prepare, it never really goes as... So th- they say, come in, Barry, we want you to... To take photographs of whatever. Yeah, we have a new, off, we're, new offices. We're nearly finished building them. Uh, we want to record it. We want to show our investors. We want to show okay. X, Y, Z. So just come in and do... A corporate video, basically. For yeah. Them. Okay. yeah. And if it was, a, say, it was a product that the... Whoever it may be, I don't know, a car manufacturer or whatever it may be. Uh, if it was a product they wanted to, to advertise, you go in and just... They t- do, they, do you get a brief from them? That's what was fun. Almost never. Okay, so Almost they say, we want to we want you to show us the best angle for our whatever Audi. Just six. well, I've been working with them this particular client for years, so they, I kind of know what they want, and they, they just say, "Look, this place is going to be open in September, and at the end of the month, uh, we just want a video showing whatever." But I, w- I would have got a bit of a brief last night now for the Arts Council hmm. because they wanted a specific. Set up. We wanted pictures for social media of Sebastian Barry on stage and uh, 
but very important people afterwards. Okay. Uh, p- people that would have a, a strong background in the arts and writers and directors and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I wouldn't know a lot of them, but there was someone there to help. And that's kind of important. The preparation for that is sort of, okay. it's to kind of know who who's there and what's what. And mm. I was pretty happy with some of the pictures, you know. I saw one of them on uh, on Twitter last night. Yeah. yeah it was lovely. Yeah. From, He's from very distinctive from behind. I like photographing people from yeah. behind, you know. <laughs> so that, yeah. And just, I want to stay a little bit for this because I'm just curious of, let's pick a, any old pro. Let's say you, you're photographing a car mm-hmm. for a client, mm-hmm. right? And they say, look, this is our new car. It's coming out. We're going to be the only ones in Ireland selling it or whatever it may be. Yeah. How, and you said, just make, make it look the best possible you can. Uh, what do you go in, like... Taking a photograph of a car for me is just you go in and take a photograph of a car. But how do you make it different? How do you make your your car look, your photograph look different to be actually? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to think different, hmm. or you have to try and be different, yeah. and you have to. They'll just say, "Well, it's a car," and sure, anyone can photograph a car, but you have to you have to think. Well, how can I make this interesting? The reason I'm here is. They want my particular mm. take on it. So, well, I lo- would love cars anyway. Mm. But um, you just, for every job, you have to, like, that's the pressure, the pressure of this sort of job, really, is there's time pressure, too, but the the real pressure of the job is to come up with something different. Yeah. How are you going to photo? There's a million pictures of cars. Yeah. There's yeah. a million pictures of uh, from every angle. Yeah. So just try and show it off your best with lighting, whatever way you light something, or just too many photographers around now that are so-called natural light photographers. <laughs> the guys that, and girls too, that um, don't invest too much in lighting uh, because lighting is very difficult and it's a little bit expensive and it takes a while to learn to get it right. Mm-hmm. It's easier to come in. The cameras are so good now that the, the quality of low-light photography has changed so much you can take a lot of pictures but mm. I like to use light you know so okay uh, I'd love more to ask you about photography because it's just uh, I love the subject but um, the first song you gave me is London Calling by The Clash yeah why'd you pick that one because it's probably my late brother Sean probably <coughs> one of his favourite songs I'd say and one of my abiding memories of him is playing that full blast upstairs <laughs> and uh what it's sure it's an incredible song that's a fabulous song yeah great band uh joe strummer a great character uh just it was a, it would have been a song that i grew up on uh i love music music's a big part of my life you know and uh it's I would have been around the time I would have been just opening myself up to music, really, probably. And to hear that, to even hear it on a cheap 10 euro tinny radio, just sounds incredible, you know? Boys and girls, 
someone calling Now don't look to us Phony Beatlemania has bitten the dust London calling See we ain't got no swing Except for the rain And the crunch of thing The ice age is coming The sun's zooming in Meltdown expected The wheat is going in Engines stuck on him But I have no fear Cause London is drowning should have introduced you I just went straight into a conversation but basically yeah because we're friends <laughs> because we're <laughs> yeah. friends but who are uh, you Andrea what? Uh, no but no because uh, people don't might not know you but uh, you're since I last met you you've become an award winning photographer you've had a few awards to you have a few awards to your name and uh, what did you win the Irish press I'm a member of the um, Press Photographers Association of Ireland and we have our annual awards every year they've been going a long time now I'm not sure how many but decades and AIB used to sponsor them and the, the the winning pictures used to be uh, exhibited in banks across the country, that's how people would know and be very well known and the best pictures would be shown on the Late Late Show every year and the photographer of the year would come on and talk about them and I won uh, well I've won three awards now I think two seconds and a third but uh, they're all little Oscars to me they meant the world when I won the first one I was the world to me you know that's fabulous yeah because yeah. i know when we when we used to work together 20 odd years ago i mean <laughs> your photography was, was always your passion you were i think you were there just to just scrape a few quid together like yeah. the rest of us oh just yeah so everybody you could, you could buy some equipment or you could do a course and whatever it was but uh, before we get to that uh, i looked through your website it's some amazing photographs and uh one thing I was curious about all the people you you, you photograph. I mean, this again, there's a back of the of Enda Kenny's head on one yeah. of it, like all the other photographers shooting him from the front, you're shooting from the back. Of all the people you met, and you met a lot of them, any any story you can share that if some anecdotal stuff of people you met? And well, one of my favorite people that I ever photographed was the actress Sarah Green, she was in um. I'll think of it in a minute, but she's she's very well known uh, Irish actress, and it was for the Sunday Times, and I think it was taking pictures for the Sunday Times probably about seven or eight months, and uh, I didn't really know who she was beforehand, but I I, lo- I looked her up when I got the the brief to do it or whatever, and she's a stunning looking, beautiful woman like, and. Uh, I was thinking, like, there's so many pictures. How am I going to do anything to make her look look different? You know, and because she was, because she would have been a well-known actress, there could have been any sort of complication with P- PR people. There would say uh, agents, wh- whatever. So I was, I was very, very nervous about it. Very nervous now. And I got there nice and early, and I had about six million lights in the back of the car in case something went wrong or uh, I was just I was really was very nervous now and um, met her in a club in Harcourt Street Saturday afternoon or whatever and met her and she's one of the nicest people I ever met she's just she was radiant she was just it was just a whole new level of niceness coming off her like you know and uh, I found there was a background in the place all these green leaves I just said, Sarah, can we just bring you over here? Uh, just, uh, just want to check my lights, you know. Took the first picture I took, and it ended up on the cover of the magazine, <laughs> and it was only like it was the light test. But just the expressions in her face, and uh, she was just incredibly nice. Gave so much time, 
uh, and I got the front cover and it gave me a lot of confidence then, you know. Well, for the Times? Yeah, Sunday Times, yeah. Wow. yeah. And uh, in that case, who chooses the photograph? The picture editor. Okay. I basically uh, take all the pictures, edit them and then pick out what I think are the best ones. But I always pick too many because I'm not very good at editing. Your own. So my <laughs> picture editors never have an easy job, you know, for too many pictures. Yeah. That's interesting. And uh, like sometimes you hear about, uh, you know, VIP and well-known people or, or stars yeah. or whatever. They're very demanding. Of Assholes. Want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you have any, and I don't want any names, but, names, but uh, anybody that was particular about, you know, no, I don't want you to take any picture from this side or that side or this. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had no, not many because uh, generally, I suppose it's quite a small country, Andrea, really. Uh, Irish people, in my experience, very nice people. There's very few. Um, I think there's very few. My dad would say there's people would do you a good turn rather than a bad turn, you know, and there's not that many. Mm. Uh, but I've met a couple of uh I had a guy one day, uh, try not to say who he was, but um, uh, I was told, like, you're generally told you've about half an hour with someone who they've, they've set aside half an hour mm. and uh, that generally turns into 10 minutes and f- five minutes. But I had a guy one day, he was a successful businessman. We <laughs> 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 leave it at that. <laughs> and... As I was taking his picture, he continued to be interviewed by the the journalist, which is very dis- distracting. Like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the journalist's fault because he said we'll continue the. In other words, the photographer can take pictures while we're which we're being interviewed. Enough, you know, yeah. uh, like that's not that's not going to work. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm going to look. It's going to need you to just step out of here for a sec, like you know. And he goes, "Yeah, okay," and we're taking pictures, and within no time. He said to me, Barry, we're rapidly running out of time here. <laughs> and I checked the camera later. It was after four minutes. Like, who doesn't have five minutes in their life? for? Yeah. Uh, and I just thought to myself, you don't make my life easy, you know. Sure, you meet all sorts anyway. You meet all sorts. Um, golden Earring, Raider Love. Oh, Sean again. This is Sean, yeah. my late brother Sean again. His favorite song of all time. And every time this song came on, he'd find a table somewhere to jump up on. And uh, Sean's best friend, Seamus Culligan, uh, became good friends with me, was over here recently. And he said no matter where he was in the world or what bar, like he could have been in the the residence bar in The Hague or whatever, if that came on, he'd be up on a table. It's It's a great song. And actually, my daughter now loves it. Great. She's seven years old, and I didn't tell her the story beforehand. But she really, really loves that song, and it's a great song. I, I like it, you know.
yeah, I used to work actually with your brother Sean, brother Sean before yeah. I met you, and uh, yeah, he, he was a he was a great character, wild character, and uh, and then you came on, on board as the younger brother, you yeah. know, the, the the new version of the Cronin. So, but uh, again, going back to that time, um, when did you actually in your head when you were going to become a professional photographer? When was like was that from the start from no. school? No, I, I, school was never for me, Andrea. I hated school. I hated the uh, the uniformity of it. I hated it. It was so constrict, restrictive, constrictive. I'm not sure what, what the word is. Probably should have listened more at school. <laughs> Could have got a better <laughs> word. But I found it so stifling and uh, it really, really wasn't for me. And uh, I suppose all my life I've, I've been... Um, a sort of a show off and uh had to impress have a bit of a laugh like and school is not certainly the school i was in was not that sort of an environment so i just found the strictest teachers and principal was very strict and sought them out and did everything i could to uh, undermine them basically and make fools of them because they, they, they tried to make a fool of me like what what sort of teacher tries to um, upset or take advantage of 15, 13, 15 year old kids? I mean, in the sense that, you know, they should be helping you and put on a, a serious messer in school. And I ended up getting expelled from the first school I went to. And my dad said, well, that's enough. School's obviously not for you. But then I kind of liked the comfort and uh, collegiality of school then. So I went to another school. That was great fun because there was no ru- no rules in that school. It was very... Um, it was run like a crash. You just do what you wanted. So you developed hilarious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so just to stay with the school then, did you finish your secondary school? You got your leaving cert? Or? Yeah, I did. I did uh, about 600 leaving certs. I did uh, <laughs> my first one. I did. I repeated it and I repeated it again. The last one I repeated was I did two subjects. I really did. I knew I wasn't going to college, Andrea. Okay. I knew that for a fact. Uh, college wouldn't have been for me either. I thought... College might have been fun, you know. Uh, all my friends were going then, so it struck me one day. Uh, you know, all your friends are are gone off. Like, what are you? What are you going to do? Like, so myself and another friend found a course at the time called uh, work study. There was, a, I think, you needed two points to get into it. Two points. <laughs> two points. <laughs> but we did. I think he got. He got. He got in. I didn't. But uh, like. I used to do science at school. We did science for three years, you know, and I used to get zeros and twos, and you know the swats go around to get like ninety six percent. One to get ninety six, and the other get ninety four, and it'd be oh damn you! You beat me by two, you know. Me and another guy, he'd get zero, and I'd get two, and he'd say oh you beat me by two. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think it was it more to do with um, the fact that you, you know you didn't fit the bill as opposed to you know if 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 you were taught in a different way, you're obviously mm. interested in mm. things. You're not. You're not. You're a bright man. You're, mm. you're, 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 so if you were taught in a different way, you would have applied yourself. You would have actually gone through the system yeah. in a better way. Yeah, I think so. Um, like I suppose school isn't for everybody. No, uh, certainly wasn't for me. And uh, but I had great fun at school. Like 
just the crack you get up to, like, yeah. but uh, I suppose that's not what it's for, you know. Well, you know, I, I suppose in a way. That but I loved English. I lo- yeah. I, and I've had very good English teachers. Mm. Uh, Tommy Tiernan was in my class, and Hector was in my class was. for three years. All right. And we great crack, you know. <laughs> so you did. Yeah. But then after school, then uh, that was a problem. Uh, these were like this is nineteen eighty, but eighty. Eight, 89 they were dark years like there mm. was a recession and uh, when all my friends went to college and I had one friend left that, that didn't go to college either and only for him now it would be probably hanging off a rope I'd say mm. it was that uh, so bad. yeah it was very very tough you know, mm. like I used to work in pennies at night on Tuesday uh, Mondays Thursdays and Saturdays or Fridays or whatever just to pay for me fags, you know. I'm going to ask you more about that. Uh, probably around that same time, you, you picked this song, Shaking Stevens, The Old House. <laughs> this old house. <laughs> what's uh, what's Shaking Stevens all it's about? It's one of the worst songs uh, you could imagine ever recorded. <laughs> but uh, uh, that came on, I remember, uh, that's the first single I ever bought. Uh, which is not a cool thing to say. <laughs> because at the time... Uh, Gar- I think Gary Newman's uh, Gary Newman Tubeway Army our friends Electric was around at the same time I think it was in the charts the same week and I think I couldn't find that single in the record shop when I went down with my mum or, or whatever it was and I liked This Old House so I got that one instead so that's another <laughs> Very good. presumed assistant for publication of this conversation <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, you mentioned Tommy Tiernan and um, Hector. Uh, like Tommy Tiernan does a lot of um, a lot of his jokes at the beginning were based around him growing up in Navan. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I always remember every time I hear Navan, I think of you because it's just it was always uh, there was always fun about you. Always had this, the stories about Navan, but it, in the eighties and nineties, well, early eighties and late eighties, you, you just said it was really dark place to be. Why? Why was that? Well, there wasn't a whole lot to do, Andrea. Um, like if you if you weren't involved with the GAA or rugby, now I played rugby at school, but uh, and I played a little bit outside of school. But if you weren't if you weren't a sporty person, there wasn't a whole lot to do. Or if you weren't into drinking flagons of cider and fishing down the boyne, your options became very very limited. You know. Mm. Now, lucky enough, there was snooker at the time, and I love snooker, but. <coughs> But if there's no snooker, like, I just remember coming home in the winter, walking home from town with a friend thinking, where, I can picture, I can picture even one particular night, I can picture even what I was wearing and just feeling the world is just closing in on you. This is, you're not going anywhere, you didn't go to college. Uh, You know, I remember at the time, 
all I wanted to be in life was a BBC cameraman or I wanted to write for The Guardian or because they were the papers I was reading or The Independent or I just wanted something. But no one's going to arrive into Navin and pick you up and say, oh, I hear that's so it was, it was tough mm. for a. You were like an 18 year old, 19, 20. Yeah, yeah, it was. But uh, friends are home at the weekend and uh, that made it a lot easier. And we all kind of stuck together. I'm from a small housing estate. Uh, there's like 25 houses or something. So we were all very close. So my friends and friendship that So the community was there. Yeah. The community was there community, within yeah. the 25 houses. The, yeah. Um, the estates from looking in from the outside, sometimes we we just don't know what's going on. We yeah. don't want to know type of thing. Yeah. Um, but you very closely need community. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. You mentioned there, like, if it wasn't for your friend, you know, you could be swinging off a rope. I mean, was it that bad? Yeah, that it was, bad? yeah. Mm. Yeah, because uh, I did go to England with another friend uh, to work on the building sites. And within a week there, uh, I was mugged. It was a six-inch knife. It was my own fault, really, because the, my wage packet was sticking out of my pocket in the shop. I was just naive, mm. a naive kid, Irish kid, like, mm. you know. And this guy, when I left the shop, spun me around at a car and held a knife to me heart like, and you're mm. 19, 20 years old in a strange city. It was, ter- it was terrible, you know. Mm. And we ended up having nowhere to live and we slept outside Wormwood Scrubs one night going to visit a cousin of mine who said she'd, she'd put me up. And the next day, I never, ever forget it. It's funny now, but <laughs> sort of dark humour. But we were coming out of Finsbury Park Tube Station, which is notorious for, at the time, for homeless people and tramps, what we called mm. them then. Like, mm. But uh, we were coming on, like the state of us, like, you know, uh, hair everywhere, leather jacket and ripped jeans and all the rest, you know. And this guy comes up to me and goes, uh, excuse me, you got a late? And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Give him a cigarette. And he's there lighting the cigarette and he goes, uh, I was going to ask you for some some money, you know, but you look like the kind of guy's broke. <laughs> so off we went. So like when homeless people are telling you you look broke, yeah. Yeah. you're, but friendship, great friends, like, pull you through, you know. Wow. Okay, um, so Live on Mars by David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, David Bowie, yeah. Friend of mine, um, well, he, was, he would have been older, probably five or six years older, but he was um family friend, friend of a friend kind of thing, mad into Bowie. And he gave me uh, he gave me a, a mixtape, I suppose it was at the time. Mm. And I'll never forget the first bars of Life on Mars when I heard that on a tape at home. And it just it just changed everything for me. It, uh, it opened me up to Bowie and all that music just helps you get through. It helps you get through your your days like and all your relationship breakups and all that kind of stuff and when you're excited and uh, Bowie is a song for everything you know and Life on Mars now is uh, an incredible song and her daddy has told her to go but her friend is nowhere to be seen now she walks through her sunken dream to the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a saddening bore 
she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on sailors Fighting in the dance hall The, the homeless moment, uh, let's call it, when you just realize, okay, this is, I'm deep down here, you know, what's going on here? How did you, when did you turn, what was your turning point? Because you obviously, you're still in Navan at that stage. Did you move, leave Navan? Did you? No, I, well, I wasn't, like, it was in England. I know it was in England, yeah. but then you went back yeah. home. Yeah, when we point. came back home, uh, um, I, ended up, I ended up staying, staying with a friend's aunt and uncle in St. Albans. They took me in, they heard things weren't going right for me mm-hmm. and uh, we were living in Harlds in a very dangerous area at night mm. and uh, so my friend went back to Ireland and he was going to go to college and sure I had no college to go to so they took me in and then I was working for we got set up with a job working for mm. Secure Corps their parcels division and uh, like you could write a book about those guys what went on in, th- mm. in that place it was just Un- unbelievable you know mm-hmm. and uh, so I stayed there for I think maybe about a year year and a half and eventually came home and um, took another terrible job there was a, a company called the Red Book used to make they were like a competitor to the the Yellow Pages okay. and used to distribute the telephone directories all over Ireland and a friend of mine Sean's friend Shaman, he was the graphic designer so he got me a job, 50 quid a week, delivering these telephone directories all over the country. Terrible, terrible job. <laughs> like, I mean, walking with ba- packets of books, sticking them in letterbox. Like, how low <laughs> can you go and try it? I tell you, there's lower, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes you'd be back at the office w- waiting for the new set of books to come in because they were broken down by county and division or whatever. And um, it was run by a Sri Lankan guy and his family. And he said to me one day, he used to run Greyhounds. He said, Barry, you're not doing that. And I need you to give me a hand. You know? I said, yeah, what's that? He says, we have to come and uh, pick up the Greyhound shit up the, the lane, you know. And I remember going up the lane and shoveling and thinking, <laughs> that this, this, is, this low. is low. This really is low, you know. But I, So I'm curious about the light bulb moment, or if there was one, where you really go, okay, now I've done all of these. I haven't gone to college that's fine. I'm, I've made peace with that with myself. I'm not. I'm not a college guy, but now I need to. I need to follow what I really like to do, which is, I suppose, photography. No, play, no? play video games. Okay. Right, yeah. So it's still yeah. more to it. Tell me about the video games. Yeah, because uh, myself and Dylan Moran, we grew up together as well, and uh, we were Bomjack, the kings of Bomjack, and Navin <laughs> Bomjack was an arcade video game. Uh, brilliant game and we had a competition to see who was the best at bomb jack and I still have my little trophy at home <laughs> that I <laughs> proudly take out every now and again so I've actually four awards Andrea in my <laughs> life and that's that's one of them but uh, no I was I was mad into video games and spent all my money on the Nintendo and I actually I played I used to come home from work on a Friday and once I played it for 23 hours straight and the only reason I had to stop I had to pl- collect my laundry uh, before 6 o'clock <laughs> and that's but 
But uh, the light bulb moment was my mother. I'm told I was living in a flat in Navan with a couple of friends of mine. We moved out of the house just for a bit of crack, like you know. But um, my mother came to me once and she said, "There's a guy doing a course in TV video production in Navan. It's an eight-week course, and you get a some sort of cert from Manuth or whatever. It might be interesting." So I applied for it, got it, and it was the most brilliant thing I ever did in my life. It was, it was, this guy had Kevin McNamee, he had a production company who was uh, XRTE. Uh, he set up a studio, he set up a TV, Navin Community Television. It all the gear that RTE had, um, just incredible. It was like a fantasy world, really. Like, yeah. uh, so we did the course, and then he set up the TV station, and I spent so much time there. Like it was, it was all voluntary. But we were making t- TV programs, and that was uh, just that, that was the greatest thing that happened in my my life. Like mm. because uh, after that, then um, I learned how to record sound, record audio for different stuff or whatever and Sean's company ITP that he worked for in Bray they needed someone to come in and do some some sound recording for com- computer printer, uh, printers and whatever so Sean got me I think a week's work and then it was two weeks work and then the company said to me one day Barry we need someone to test software uh, is it something you'd be interested in we could guarantee you work for like maybe ten weeks or whatever so I ditched the the, the job with the red book took a chance and this was the next best thing that ever happened in my life mm. I I'm not going to slag the people I used to work with but uh, I ended up in the office for a year or so with the red book but uh, the people I worked with weren't in, didn't have the same interests I I was interested I love books books we've read books all our life in our house mm. our house is like a library I was never afraid to read a book but people in my office didn't read that many books like to look at Coronation Street or, or whatever like whatever you're into you but didn't have much in common no and when I went to I remember the the second day I was in ITP talking to people I was having uh, cigarettes people had read all these brilliant books that some of them I had read like and I was just my god like this is like college or something you get paid and people from all over the world and yourself and uh, it was it was just like a playground. Yeah, it was a microcosm of what was going on in Ireland. It was, it was yeah. Very interesting, very interesting. That's that's good. And um, Planets of Sand, the Pixies. Yeah, yeah. I always remember you loving the Pixies. Loved them, yeah, yeah. What's, the, what's that song all about? Um that does exactly what it says in the tin to be played at maximum volume <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> but like this takes me back again to ITP all the people just loved music like that went to concerts uh, uh, people were illustrators writers sculptors uh, working on this sort of work to pay for for what they love doing like um, I just even to go to the front desk to get something or to photocopy and to, the distance you'd walk from the front desk, say, to the back of the office, you could have the most amazing conversations with people about anything. And 
we just myself and yourself and Dara uh, yeah. all sitting together like what a yeah, even you sitting with your legs crossed you're that tall you can cross your legs sitting at a desk you know <laughs> but uh, just yeah. mad yeah. mad Something I want to ask you. You mentioned you have a seven-year-old daughter. Um, where do you live now? Wilkinstown, which is where? which is a village about uh, seven miles outside Navan, okay, north so of Navan. Come back, back to the roots. Uh, back to my roots. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, having gone, grown up in in a place that wasn't uh, much for you as a as a young man, what's going on there now? What's it like for for your daughter? I mean, it's a nice area to grow up. It's a brilliant place to grow up. Yeah, uh, she's half Japanese, you know. Okay. So uh, I. ITP, that company, sent me out to Japan for originally meant to be for eight weeks and ended up in four and a half years. So uh, I I took an export back with me. My wife, she followed me back. Uh, so our daughter is half Japanese and she, we, we live, um, it's not really, it's nearly not really a village, Andrea. There's one pub and one petrol station, but okay. there's a school as well. And uh, in, interestingly enough, there isn't a church, but uh, she she's very close to school. She's got a lot of excuse me. She's very close to school. She's got a lot of friends around there. It's the countryside. Uh, with two little dogs. We've amazing neighbours. Uh, I just love living out there. There's uh, people that clean the village, and I take pictures for them when they win awards or. Just they're doing something, or so they paint involved, the walls. And yeah, I do a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, if they ever need, they someone from the village called up one night that clean up the village and said, uh, "Barry, I don't, don't know. Should we even be asking you this? But uh, there's a few of us involved with a vintage car thing. We're having a photography competition. Would you judge it for us? Would you mind? You know, so I say, of course, like." judges some great pictures and uh they come back to thank me they got a lovely big doll for for molly and uh, a couple of packets of rashes and a couple of bags of sausages <laughs> it's brilliant stuff like that Beautiful, like, yeah yeah and, uh, what's your wife's name noria noria how is she finding this uh, in ireland i mean how long have you been back in ireland oh sh- she uh i come back in 2001 right so yeah, she came back and she came back almost a year later. Okay, she so was still she's working been here there. A long yeah. Time, yeah, and when I came back up, sorry, Andre, I meant to say when I came back, uh, everything had changed so much that I wasn't doing software anymore. It was crazy. Sure, sure. It was taking too much time to get to sure. work, and so I, I hooked up with a local photographer that I had been doing a little bit of work with before I went to Japan, and I just decided uh, this this is the rat race. This is. It's just not for me, like, right. and uh, t- took up photography for not not great money now, but I was doing what I loved doing, 
and we worked very very well together but uh, so my wife came she decided to hang on for nearly a year or whatever to save up some money and come back then but she, yeah I, th- I think the we're a strange race the Irish in the sense that we get very homesick a lot of people a lot of mm. races I don't think get as homesick as much as the Irish people do it's the first question you're asked does your how's your wife li-? she's adjusted very well to living here like mm-hmm. you know yeah no we say I've never been to Japan I know nothing about Japan other than it's completely different from yeah. Navin. Yeah, it's <laughs> very different. <laughs> and I'm just curious how, how as a, as an immigrant myself, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, um, it's much easier for me. It's it's Europe. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Know, I'm just curious. Just, but obviously it, it works well for it was great. And uh, so you, then that's how you got into food. I'm going to ask you something about that in a second. But um, you're very specific about this one. Pearl Jam rearview mirror live. Yeah. Version. Has to yeah. be the live version. Yeah, it has to be the live version. Why? Yeah. yeah. And why this song? Well, um, that probably reminds me more of Japan than any other because I was never really into Pearl Jam at, at school, you know. They're, they're hugely popular in Japan. But uh, the company I worked for paid paid very good money at the time. Uh, our house was paid for in Japan. Uh because of our visa situation, every uh, sixty days, or every ninety days, I think we had to leave the country on a tourist visa to come back into the country, and the company paid for that. So I was in Hong Kong, I was in Macau, China, uh, Malaysia, Hawaii, uh, Australia. I was everywhere. Most of it paid for by. So it was the first time in my life I had money, you know. And I remember reading um, Pearl Jam. Uh, Pearl Jam. Were they were big into their bootlegs, or their fans were big into bootlegs of their concerts because it's such a good live band, you know. But they decided, um, I think it might have been '97 or '8 or whatever, to release every single night of their European tour as a live CD. So I think they did like 47 nights of European tour, and you could buy on CD, let's say the Malmo concert, or you could buy the Dublin concert, you could buy whatever. And I remember reading in uh, uh, one of the music mag- Mojo, I think it was Mojo magazine, whatever. They reviewed all of the nights and whatever. So this is a long-winded way of saying why I like the song, but we're nearly there, Andre. <laughs> uh, I read all the reviews and I bought, I think, 36 or 38 of the concerts. And it was the first time in my life I ever felt I had money <laughs> that I had that a, a life had kind of worked out like that I could walk into Tower Records in Tokyo and pick out these and I had the money for it and Rearview Mirror I don't know why it just kept playing it and playing and playing it and I had a little two-seater sports car in Tokyo I used to just get up at two o'clock in the morning and put that in the car and drive through the streets of Tokyo <laughs> breaking lights everywhere because I was a foreigner and if I was caught I wasn't going to be executed. So I used to play that a lot, you know. So you can take the man out of Navin. Yeah, exactly, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> All the thoughts you'll ever see You're always thinking Brain is wild, the brain is deep Oh, 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 you're sinking Feel the fire of every day 
finish it off another day but I want to ask you a couple of things about photography because um, again going back to your passion you are good at it and I always remember your photographs were always a bit unusual and, and I always remember you coming back from Iceland once with all yeah. this photograph of yeah. dried fish and things like <laughs> yeah. that but it was beautiful now there's a couple of things I want to know how you're embracing technology I mean technology is just going so fast especially in that area what's like and are you a purist? Are you still on the SLR? You moved to digital, and what's? Oh, I going? moved to digital very quickly. Mm. Um, Sean had the engineering brain, and I had a little bit of, I had a few of those genes. But like Sean could take a radio desk apart and rebuild it. I I couldn't do that. That that was never my thing, you know. But uh, I like my technology, and I like playing with software still. Like so. I keep up with all that and it's really, really helped me and my work and I edit my own video and because I, I learned how to do it online. So I'm kind of not afraid of software, but some people my age would sort of reject it, just think it's it's too much like hard work, which is, which is understandable, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I do, I keep on top of uh, trends and I still, like, I started off using film, film cameras. And I still have one, and uh, <laughs> it's a medium format for any photography fans out there. It's a it's a big camera with big negs, and uh, I took it out for a spin there about two years ago in Phoenix Park, and uh, just winding the film and taking the picture. I I can't remember, but I think it was about six thousand birds when I, when I clicked the shutter, just went whoosh, <laughs> everywhere. It was so loud, you know. But uh, no, I wouldn't be a purist by any means. But I don't like. Um, I don't spend much time on my pictures. I don't edit them. I don't. Uh, uh, that's the wrong word. I don't process them too much. I get it right in camera, Andrea. That's my. That was my next question because yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm not a very good photographer. I love taking photographs, but I, I can never take the right one, as far as I'm concerned. But I like the fact you take a photograph and. As good as bad as indifferent. Now you have Photoshop. You have I know it's beyond Photoshop. Yeah. And and I know you can't make a bad photograph into a good one, but you can do a pretty good job of yeah. getting it better. So that's the answer I was looking for. So you don't go in and just. No, I don't have time, Andrea. Okay. Uh, like every photographer goes through that stage. Like once you learn to blur water on rocks and waterfalls and all that, you do it and you think you're you're the best thing ever. But. Uh, that's on well, the, on an editing software, is it? You mean? Well, it's yeah. a it's, no, it's, it's 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 a technique. Okay, you use okay, it to camera very yeah, slow, yeah. so to speak. But yeah. uh, you know, and people oversaturate pictures, and sunsets are like uh, your eyes are bleed looking at them. <laughs> Sometimes they're, <laughs> but they're disgusting. Like people, it's, it's too much, you know. Yeah, yeah. But once you learn how to do it, you do. But you have to move on. You have to learn to move on, you know. Yeah. And uh, so. My thing is to get a right in camera as, mu as much as possible, because you don't you don't have a lot of time. You don't have time to be editing and Photoshop or Lightroom. Or and uh, so, that's your future for the moment. That's what you're going to be doing. That's your job, and you're getting good at it. You're better at it every day, and obviously. It, but anything in the future, you're you're planning. Like, is there a book 
in 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 the making or like is there a photo so. group or no? I don't know. I don't no? know. Okay. <laughs> you never no, know. Because my next question was uh, like sometimes I go to uh, what is a market or an exhibition or whatever. You can buy a painting, you can buy a photograph. And yeah. sometimes I look at a photograph, it's lovely and I bought a couple of photographs uh, right. framed, but then sometimes I look, I go, ah, it's a photograph. I can probably take that photograph if I want to. Yeah. I can't really paint that particular painting. What's like, what's your view on uh, on art photograph? Uh, like a photograph for sale and like, do you ever do anything like that for? No, I don't really, but uh, I, I kind of know where you're coming from. Um, I think so, social media has been great for photography and a lot of people, um, like to downplay it and they like to uh, have a bash at mm. social media and photography and everybody's taking pictures now and it's all mm. a lot of shite and uh, which isn't the case like I think I think it's great that everybody's taking pictures because a lot of the articles the social media photography bashing articles are people are so self-centered and self-obsessed and think they're great and i really don't think that's the case i think when someone takes a picture and put it, puts it up on instagram generally they're not doing it because am oh, i great because i took a pic took a isn't this an amazing picture they don't think it's an amazing picture they've they've had a nice time and they've recorded the fact that they've had a nice time and they're excited now Sometimes you can get too excited and do too many posts, but uh, social media has got me up off my arse a lot of the time. It's my marketing. I'm on Twitter the whole time. Uh, I tweet pictures. People say, "Oh, you did that, Barry? Can you can you send us a copy of that, or can we buy this? Can we buy a copy of that?" Or uh, I remember coming back from Derry uh, last year and driving along the Mourne Mountains, and I just said to me, like, there was a beautiful light over the, the mountain very dark and foreboding or whatever and I said to myself get out stop like, get out take a bloody picture you're a photographer like you know and I was in a rush to go somewhere else and so what if you're in a rush so what if you're like two minutes late and I got out and it's one of my favourite pictures it's a beautiful picture mm. which I don't often say because mm. I wouldn't be I don't like to talk in terms like that but it's a it's a great picture and I, and I f actually found it yesterday so there'll probably be a time when I would like to take pictures to sell them like that mm -hmm. but uh, it's probably a difficult market you know yeah, yeah. well Barry there's loads more as I say I would love to ask you but uh, we're pressed for time and you have to go back to work and <laughs> some and of us so have to work some yeah. of us have to work but uh, um, the last song we're going to leave it with is uh, Common People by Pulp yeah fabulous song this is uh, this reminds me and will always remind me of my best friend Stephen Bebbington uh, hanging around. He's fantastic taste in music, and I remember the first time hearing this in, in his house. And uh, his mum used to bring us up plates of sausage egg and chips, and we'd eat listening to this kind of music full blast in his house. He never cared about his neighbours and that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barry Cronin, thanks a million for your time. Thanks a million, Andrea. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College as well I Got her eye She told me that the damp was loaded I said my case on the room Coca-Cola, she said fine 
And then in 30 seconds time She said I wanna live like common people I wanna do whatever common people do Wanna sleep with common people I wanna sleep with common people like you What else could I do? I said oh, I see what I can do I took her to a supermarket I don't know why but I had to start it somewhere So it started there I said pretend you got no money And she just laughed and said Are oh, you so funny? I said yeah I can't see anyone else smiling here Are you sure? You wanna live like common people Wanna see whatever common people see Wanna sleep with common people You wanna sleep with common people like me But she didn't <laughs>